asset, which is brain, turned into cash, took investors and took turned that into a company that has all the money. So it's the same cycling of, and then what did they do with that? those returns? They reinvest it into something else, which will generate even more money. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks, the podcast where we help you develop skills to be able to increase your wealth and uh, have fun doing it. Uh, we'd like to have a lot of fun. Uh, my name is Marco Kozlowski. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm out of Orlando, originally from Montreal, where Gabriel Araish is at this time. He is uh, also from Montreal, and we have uh, Franca Galuccio out of Toronto. Three amigos, three Canadians all over the place that uh, spend their time, invest their time, and uh, have a lot of fun buying assets every single day and helping others buying assets every single day. And of course, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, like it, love it, and share it, please. And of course, we're always excited to see your uh, comments as well, the bottom of any of the episodes that we do uh, share. If you have not listened to the first 10 episodes, at least, please do so. That explains process, uh, how we get into asset-based lending, why you don't need any of your own money or credit to get into any of the assets uh, that we discuss. And if you have skills and knowledge, you don't need money. So you can either buy assets with money or you can use your skill sets in order to do that. And of course, it's better to never use your own money. And that's just better, I think, at least it is. And today we're going to discuss uh, why wealthy people, uh, why do those folks why do we buy businesses, invest in businesses or assets and we never sell? Our holding time is like forever. Or if we do sell, it's for a very specific reason. Either we build the business to sell it so we can take that cash and roll it into something else and get into the, I guess, the formula for wealth, which is really cash to asset, back to cash, back to asset. And that cycle is really what uh, makes you wealthy. And you can either start with cash or you can actually go straight to asset and then uh, cycle it from there. So that's kind of the plan for today. Who would like to start this conversation? I can start. And I love this when you when we were thinking about when we were coming up with the topic and it got me thinking of some of the big conglomerates or this big companies out there. And the first thing that came to my mind is developers. So I look at some of the big elite developers here in Toronto and what they have is they started off with maybe being a home builder. So they build homes. So they have ABC Home Building Company. And as they're building their wealth and they're making cash, then they open up another company. So they take that cash and open up another company that does servicing of the roads where they put the sewers in. So they now they have an ABC sewer company. So they have ABC, you know, home development, ABC sewer company. Then they have a paving company. So they have ABC paving. So they actually continue to build building blocks using the assets they have from one business. They take that and incorporate another business and they're all related and guess what they do they actually when they go into a neighborhood or a new development site they're the ones that are servicing the land they're the ones that are paving the roads doing the sidewalks and building the homes so it's congruent to their business and they they're just feeding themselves which is a great model i guess even the same thing with mcdonald's everyone thinks they make most of their money from they do make quite a bit of money from selling burgers and their big macs and whatever but McDonald's is one of the biggest real estate holders. So they actually buy that strip plaza or that unit 
where they obviously they have the McDonald's establishment there, but they also attract other businesses as because they're the anchor uh, for that plaza. So they're in real estate. So they keep diversifying and keep using their money for other assets. And, you know, they keep doing it. I don't know what else McDonald's is into, but that's the trend that I see if you look at any business model. Yep, and McDonald's is in the real estate business. Actually, I think it, if you walk into their head office, it's what it says on their wall, uh, is what I'm told. I haven't actually been to the McDonald's headquarters, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, accurate information. And But with that, it's you know they realize that the asset that's more valuable is the real estate, and they also sell the franchise to you know the person that wants to spend the million, a million and a half to own a McDonald's, and then they have to you know pay the rent pay the land and pay the lease and pay everything else and McDonald's takes that cash and then they convert that into another asset which is another location and then they take that new cash and then turn it into a, another asset and if you take a look at how things work it's always cash to asset back to cash back to asset if you have cash you want to buy something with it that's an asset that grows in value for example you buy a house it grows in value you sell it you know you have cash you want to buy another house that grows now in more value and then you buy another you know sell it and then you just keep recycling the money and it's the conversion that makes the most amount of money because <coughs> cash by itself has no intrinsic value if you put money in the bank and just leave it as cash you're actually it's decaying right it's losing money so I joke around where I say you know is money worth more or worth less tomorrow in the bank and people generally say worth more. Well, actually, if you take a look at the point zero 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 five percent that bank gives you and what inflation is, inflation will always be more than the interest that you're getting. So it's decaying on a daily basis. So money in the bank is worth less, worthless, worthless, you know, mm -hmm. worthless, worthless. So money in the bank's worthless. So you have to do something with it in order for it to grow. And you don't necessarily have to sell an asset to uh, invest the cash into another asset you can actually just earn the cash flow and use that cash flow to buy another asset which is going to generate more cash flow and then you have two separate or parallel kind of uh, money making machines one that's going to keep growing based on appreciation while the other one is going to be growing based on cash flow so there's a couple of things you can do but on a side note with respect to why wealthy individuals own their businesses there's also the tax side of things, right? That's going to be a, a major player. And, you know, I've been thinking about how to simplify this as much as possible because nobody really likes talking about taxes. But I know here in, in Montreal, for example, and, and you're going to have to use your state tax rate. But if let's you're a lawyer, you're making, I don't know, $200,000 a year uh, working for a law firm in Montreal, you're paying 50% in taxes on that amount. So you're only keeping 100 and the government is keeping the other half. So say you do that, you, at the end of the year, you keep $100,000, that's what you have. And now the same lawyer, if they decided to start their own legal business and offer services, and then they'd be, be making, let's say they make the same $200,000 at the end of the year, and say they don't pay themselves a cent, all right, and they have no expenses, they're just making $200,000, they're paying 19% in taxes on that $200,000. So just that difference. And obviously this is the worst case scenario, right? Because that lawyer is still going to have to have expenses in order to be able to service the clients. So you're actually reducing your taxable income. And you know there might be employees that they're paying to get that $200,000. And at the same time on a personal level, if they do pay themselves a salary, then it doesn't have to be a $200,000 salary. It can be a much smaller salary because really all the expenses are paid through the business anyways. So your personal expenses are going to be a lot less so they can pay themselves, you know, 
forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, for example, and reduce that marginal tax rate. So hopefully that wasn't overly complex, but it just shows that if you understand doing the same thing, whether you do it for someone else or work for a company as a job versus doing it for yourself, just in taxes, you're saving a bundle, let alone the freedom that you have of controlling your own time, which is priceless, of course. I know Frank knows nothing of taxes, so I think Frank might want to uh, chime in on here as well. But just one thing before Frank uh, says what he has to say is because I'll never get it in. You can either get paid after tax or you want to choose how much tax you pay. And a business allows you to choose how much tax you pay. So you can deduct your way out of not paying any taxes legally, morally, and ethically. So you know you want to do it the right way. But when you're working for someone else, the government gets paid first. Your paycheck is after a government has taken out whatever they want. So, uh, Frank. I was just going to add to that. You can finish finish the podcast now. (laughs) Yes. No, I'm not going to speak much of it. Again, yes, those of you who don't know me, I worked federal government in Canada as a CRA agent, which is the Canada Revenue Agency, which is equivalent to the IRS. I was in the collection enforcement side of it. Yeah, looking at businesses, what Gabe said, it's very unfair from a corporation tax perspective to, as an individual, if you you know if you hit over the threshold over over a hundred and something something thousand, the government's going to be fifty percent partner and they are taking fifty percent of your your revenue and you know masking that, not even masking it, putting it under a corporation or a business gives you many advantages because they do give tax breaks to businesses because they want more businesses because the businesses, the way the government perceives it as is if Marco has a business, he most likely, and he's flourishing, he's most likely going to hire someone like Gabe and Frank or whatever. So he's now generating uh, more taxes for the federal government because he's going to be paying Gabe and Gabe's going to be paying personal taxes and the same thing with Frank. And it's stimulating the economy because Gabe now has disposable cash. He's going to go spend something and there's the sales tax and, and it keeps going. But from a business perspective, not only using that first example that Gabe uh, provided where there's a sole attorney working on their own poor schmuck in his own office or her own office, making that 200,000. And then at the end of the day, they're left with a hundred. Can you imagine that 100,000 that you spent on taxes? Now, like Gabe said, you can use it on an employer to, or an assistant to do most of your work and you still end up, you can obviously write that off and then you'll still end up with more cashable income at the end of the day. The only thing you can't write off really, which there's a loophole around that too, is food. So let the corporation pay for your lifestyle, okay? In terms of your vehicle, your expense, your phones, your internet, your modems, your computer, things like that that you need to do day-to-day, you buy it, put it under the computer. The only thing that's really excluded from there is recreational, which, again, there's a gray line on recreational with the golf fees and things like that. They look at things like that, but, and food. But I did find out with food, a lot of people are doing this and it's legal. You could do it with food. As long as it's prepared food, you're allowed to write it off. So a lot of people, what they're doing is just they're ordering out. They're going to their favorite restaurant and doing you know pickup or they're buying the gift cards, gift cards for a 14 or a supermarket, whatever, and, and treat it as a gift for their clients or whatever. But not that I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying if the rich people and the wealthy people know these loopholes and they're not illegal. They're just loopholes and they get away with it. And some of them, if you look at their personal tax returns, they can apply for welfare because they make nothing on paper. 
That's all I got to say about that. I'm not going to go into the whole tax thing, but... Well, I think we should have another uh, discussion on tax, which is not really the, the topic that we're trying to tackle, although we are tackling it anyway. Uh, it's funny because at the beginning of the... Before, uh, when I was talking to Gabe, I'm like, why don't we talk about tax? And suddenly we're talking about tax, which is you know no one's favorite subject, but you do have a partner, which is the IRS, CRA or whatever, you know, wh- wh- whichever country you have to report to, but specifically the IRS is our partner. They have their hand in your pocket, humping your leg, wanting their money at all times. So you have to really take care of that partner in advance as you're buying assets. However, if we segue back to the secret to wealth and why wealthy people own their businesses and the cycle of assets to cash, cash to assets, which they're related yet unrelated, we can almost have two separate conversations around this uh, and we're kind of mixing and matching both. Maybe there's a way to separate this completely in a future podcast, but if you, you know, A, you're keeping more money if you have a business and you hold it long term and B is if you're holding more money you can what can you do with that money is you can buy another asset that pays you more money and then you keep that cycle as I said money by itself no value worthless so it's once you have cash turn that into an asset turn that back to cash and I don't know if anyone wants to talk about that specifically asset to cash back to asset Frank, do you want to... I, I just wanted to add on something. If you notice, even in today's news, you see a lot of these companies, what they do is, uh, so they have a specific niche in industry or market. They're doing well. And with that cash is what they do is they eat up or they buy up their competition as well. So that's taking, so in this example, that's taking their cash that they earn successfully in their niche. And they're like, you know what? Now let's go after the niche is big because there's other competitors. Now they start taking that those funds and those profits and they're doing acquisitions or takeovers. And I know even a lot of other companies, actually I know some colleagues of mine that uh, what they do is instead of real estate, they take over distressed businesses. And uh, so they use the funds from their business and they take over the stress business at, you know, pennies on the dollar and they optimize it and they either sell it or they keep it and they flourish and they just buy another business and continue. So it is a chain. If you really look closely at all the businesses or the conglomerates, the parent company, and you look at all the webs that it has coming down from it, you'll notice that either a they're congruent. I call it congruent businesses where it's not exactly the same business sometimes, most of the times, but it's something related in that industry. So it complements. I notice a lot of wealthy people do that where they have a congruent business. Shit, even on, I used to watch HDTV, you know, those shows on real estate in the time many years ago. And if you notice, some of those people, they not only buy houses to renovate them and then they flip them, but they were the realtor. They were the contractor. Right. So they had their hands in the cookie jar throughout the whole process. So if whatever business you're in, whether it's real estate, whatever it is, look at your business and what other business can complement it. And, you know, with the money with that, with your first business, use it to create another one. Use that proven formula. All right. And that's a valid point. And but you can also look at it in a different way where, you know, a lot of wealthy people, what they want to do is not only just recycle their money and turn assets into cash, but they do this in a way that they get involved in different industries as well because it's going to diversify their risk. It's like creating your own kind of portfolio or your own private equity fund, if you will, right? So you have a holding company. Yeah, you start off, let's say, in real estate. You're building a lot of cash. You know, you're building a portfolio of real estate. Then you're like, well, you know what? Let me get involved in some online business, for example. And then, you know, you start building a business there that's going to be probably mostly passive where you're just investing money and turning it into cash flow. And then maybe you go into some other industry. You know, I can't even think of one. I don't know, you want to go into restaurants, which, you know, some people like to do, whatever it is, you're diversifying. The idea is to have as many streams, rivers, you know, oceans of income that as you can, 
because that's what's going to guarantee more or less generational wealth, right? If you want to leave something behind that's going to continue producing, you know, if one river dries up, then you still have seven, eight other or nine other ones that are, you know, that are bringing in the cash and that you can keep generating. And as you move forward, you've seen throughout time that, you know, with technology, different businesses are, I mean, 10 years ago, who would have thought that most people had an online business now? But, you know, that's just the reality of how technology advanced. So that created another industry, cryptocurrency we spoke about. So some people are creating businesses in that arena now. So that's another reason why wealthy people turn their assets into cash and that's how they do it. Amazon, you know, they bought Whole Foods, which doesn't seem related, but now they offer, you know, delivery of Whole Foods, right? So it, it actually didn't seem like it was a good idea, but when you really think about the big picture, it's a tremendous idea because now they put retailers out of business, which is interesting because Amazon is the biggest retailer in the world and doesn't have a storefront. Uber is the biggest transportation company in the world and doesn't own a car. And, you know, Airbnb is the biggest hotelier in the world and doesn't own a, you know, a damn asset either. So it's all virtual. And again, it's asset, which is brain turned into cash, took investors and took, turned that into a company that has all the money, right? So it's the same cycling of, and then what do they do with that, those returns? They reinvest it into something else, which will generate even more money. So it's seeing the big picture and the pieces on the board and seeing how they can complement each other to generate as much income as possible. Um, Amazon. Like all over the place. Yeah. But I think it's kind of interesting anyway, because from a tax perspective, from a really a buy and hold perspective, right? Amazon, I remember Amazon seeing a report when I was a kid, you know, they're losing money, they're losing money, but everyone's still buying Amazon, buying Amazon. You know, uh, Bezos is doing everything he can to keep the wheels, you know, and at first it was just books. Right, they were yep, building right. their platform mm -hmm. on books, 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 and everyone's scratching their head, going, "You know what the hell's going on?" But look at Amazon now, right? So and you know, they're getting into real estate as well, right? We mentioned that maybe yes. in an earlier podcast where they're, you know, starting a private equity fund themselves, and they want to. They, they have probably already raised like two billion dollars, so they want to well, become America's landlord too. <laughs> it's bananas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but in real estate, we preach it too right now, where, where you buy properties you know, below market, you optimize it, you refinance as opposed to selling it. You use that cash to either A, buy another property, or B, you know what? Maybe you want to get into the lending business, right? So the same thing. So he's taking that money and put it into, like Gabe said, into some kind of flow. And that's the mentality you got to have. And you work on one at a time, make it good, and then move on to the next. Marco, you're doing it. You started in real estate for yourself. Now you're teaching. And so that's another branch and you have other businesses as well. So you're diversifying. Gabe, you just did one recently. So you diversified into a total different industry, which is fine. But you took that money that you had and you put it on something else and, you know, you're taking off and you're doing quite well with that. So is it a secret? Not really. It's just if you're paying attention what the big guys are doing, what the wealthy people are doing, just do what they're doing. Copy paste. And, <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah. I've said this before. I'm, I'm not passionate about real estate at all like zero. I don't see the property. I don't really care about it. You know, I'm not emotionally attached to it. Whether I buy this building, that building, this building, who cares? It's the cash flow that interests me, but not just because I want more cash. And I'm like, well, ha, ha, I have more money in my account. It's that cash flow allows me to do whatever the hell I want. And it allows me to do what we're going to do in our next topic, which is, you know, you don't have to wait 25 years to retire. You can retire as quickly as you choose to, which is definitely going to be a topic that we're going to do on the very next one because I wanted to do it on this one, but forgot. And this is a, it's a means to an end. And as soon as you, again, do you want to have a sheep and sell the sheep or do you want to have a sheep and sell the wool? You know, many people, for example, in stocks, they buy the stock, then they sell the stock, then, well, now 
ad's gone. That opportunity's gone, right? So there's no way to monetize necessarily the stock unless you own the company that sells the stock. So do you want to play in the casino or do you want to own the casino? You know, that's kind of the conundrum. I know and, which one I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, you're, the house always wins. And that's the point is you have to find a way to get into an asset without, even if you have no cash, you know, if I have no cash whatsoever, I can still buy as many assets as I want because I have the skill set and I teach the skill set and we all teach the skill set. I can't say it's just me anymore on how to really, op, you know, get these great opportunities at great prices so we don't have to use our own money because the opportunity is there. So why do, if we can wrap this up in a bow, why do the wealthy own businesses or own assets that spin off cash flow so they can do whatever, anything else? We'll do with Gabe, Frank, and then we'll, we'll button this off. Well, I think they do it just to have the luxury of enjoying their time and controlling their time. That's the other thing that they're, they're doing. There's just only benefits to this. My reason, I think it's, well, exactly what you just said, but also to mitigate their risk, mitigate their risk, diversify, and you heard diversification. So mitigate risk, diversify, and put that money to use and within your own pocket. That's what they're doing. They're just recycling their own money within their network, within their companies. And it's genius. Create your own economy with your own businesses. That's what they're doing. And you're also, sorry, Marco, but you're also shielding yourself from the political and economical states that's going on because when if they decide to increase taxes usually they increase tax rates for example on the individuals that are working so if that happens then you can also control that that factor or at least mitigate yourself from having your money being taken away from you so what i'm hearing is controlling uh, money controlling time. time controlling taxes controlling risk and at the end of the day just having more control and choosing what you do so you can have more fun in life because that's really what I hope what life about. is all about, right? I, I know too many people that are asleep at the wheel and they wake up when they're 70 and they go, shit, my life's over. Their whole life has gone by and you don't have to have that. You can enjoy your life now. Remember when you, we had fun as kids? I say this a lot. You know, when you're a kid, you're always having fun. Ah, it's fun. We're going to have fun. No one has fun anymore. And we're always having fun. We're always, <laughs> I'm so grateful that, you know, that I'm in a position where every day is a lot of damn fun. And mm -hmm. I just want more people to have more fun in life. And I want you to have more fun in life, the listener, and uh, have more control over your life, have more control of your money, and not really worry as to what's going on. And don't care what goes on in the news because you've controlled your own economy and it's all about. So that's that. I think we, I think we nailed it. So guys, thanks so much. Appreciate you very much and your insights, your candor. And as a listener, I hope this was helpful and I look forward to the next episode where we are going to be discussing how you can retire sooner than later because too many people want to retire and then have no idea what happens once they do retire. And I think it's going to be a great topic. So make sure you tune in for that one. Thanks guys. Have a great one. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.